0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Whatever Floats Your Boat Podcast. Billy and Sierra here from Tulas on the Summer.
1: Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the Tula Shop. We don't have any other sponsors yet, but if you'd like to be a sponsor of the podcast, contact us at summer at gmail.com. Right now, we are on our current boat, Adrenaline.
0: And it is sunny outside. We have crystal clear blue water we're looking at.
1: We're anchored in a spot called Megan Megan's Bay. in In
0: the united states virgin islands on on the island of saint Thomas. thomas
1: and uh yeah there's only a handful of boats over here right now um and yeah it's pretty windy and there's a north swell running and we're about to get ready and go surf
0: but before we do that we want to talk to you all about trawlers versus catamarans we have lived and traveled on both and our trawler was a 1973 marine trader it was 34 feet
1: and we lived on her and traveled and worked on her for two years, just over two years, maybe.
0: Yep, two and a half years. And our current boat is a sailing catamaran. She is a 1988 Crowther Spindrift. And she is thirty-eight feet long.
1: And we have also been living on this boat for over two years now, right? Yeah, almost three.
0: Yep. So we have quite a bit of experience with both trawlers and catamarans. So we wanted to give you a little bit of our insight.
1: And not just living on, not just traveling on them, or living on them, but living and traveling on them, and working on them as well. So we broke this talk conversation, trawler versus catamaran, into categories. We have broken down into living area, helm area, weight, speed. Comfort underway, reliability. There's another page. There's another page. Also, docking, fuel, maintenance, price. Yeah, there's some good categories.
0: Okay let's start with living area obviously we just told you our trawler was 34 feet and our catamaran was 38 feet so they're not going to be identical and our i
1: think, I think our paperwork says our catamaran is 38 feet but i think it's actually 40 foot it's a uh,
0: well they did a stern extension
1: yeah someone says it's a stern extension other people say it was like the third version of this cat or something like that but anyway yeah about 40 feet compared to 34 feet and you guys should know that, yeah, these are both older boats we're comparing, and that uh, this catamaran is... I Much get,
0: different than the majority of catamarans. Yeah, like I
1: say a 40-foot catamaran, like, there is another, like, say there's a lagoon anchored right next to here, a 40-foot lagoon, and there is, like, probably twice the living space in that boat than there is on this boat. This boat was built a little more for performance and, um, even racing at times, um rather than comfort in cruising but we've been cruising and sailing fast and comfortably on her for the past couple of years
0: yep so living area in our trawler so we had much more inside living space than we do on our current catamaran we have way more outside space on our cat but our living space is different because our cabin is not connected to our hulls so yeah and
1: that's another big difference from the modern catamarans
0: yeah so our hulls they each have a berth and um and a head which and
1: a bunch of storage
0: yeah and it also has an engine compartment and then our main cabin has a big like settee area and a table that goes down and makes another queen size bed
1: yeah so you could sleep out actually you could actually sleep two four six people super comfortably even if you had three people on this bed you know seven people very comfortably um and then yeah, I guess seven would probably be around the max.
0: Yep, unless you wanted to camp out on the trampolines and you can get a couple more up there.
1: And just to re- reiterate what Sierra said, our main cabin area where our galley and our, you know, the settee area is not connected to the two holes from the inside. So you have to walk outside our main uh, galley saloon area uh, door into the cockpit and then down and down some steps into each hull, whatever hole you're going down into some of these cats these same cats have little cross spaces that you can they actually do connect and you, we could make one like that um but it that's all it could be is literally like a cross space it would you wouldn't be able to like stand up and walk down into the hall it's just the way it was designed
0: yep so that gives you a little bit of a picture of our cat
1: so our trawler being 34 foot um pretty much you walk through the side door and then you have the main galley area with a long countertop with the sink and toaster oven and a bunch of storage underneath and then a big saloon area right opposite that and then you can step down either forward into a v-berth area it was kind of a smaller v-berth area which did have its own head our v-berth didn't have an actual head it just had a shower in there or you could go in the aft section of the trawler and you that was like where our, our room was like the stateroom and there was actually a big how big was our bed in there
0: it was like a full queen size
1: queen size bed and opposite that was what like a twin Twin. and then uh there was also a head in that room and also a closet so that kind of gives you an idea of the layout of the inside
0: but when we bought it there was no shower in the v-berth there was an electric pump toilet yeah, it was and, like a vacuum
1: pump toilet. Yeah,
0: and we ended up taking that out. We put in a shower because prior to that we were taking the little faucet from our sink and putting it out the window and sharing outside. Um, but we did upgrade throughout that process. That boat had a lot of really good natural lighting because there were so many windows.
1: And if we're gonna if we're like comparing the living space from that boat to this boat, that boat actually had the Would you still say similar, like, square footage area of indoor living space to this boat? Hmm. I'd still say similar. Like, this layout is pretty funky, where, like, you you have to maneuver a lot to get through the living spaces. That boat, it was all connected and all open, and it was, like, really easy to move around on that boat. And there was standing headroom everywhere, for us at least but it was probably like six foot headroom at least, right? Six, five.
0: I'd say the actual square footage of living space was probably bigger in the cat, but it was more usable in the trawler.
1: Yeah, it was just really easy to get around in the trawler. Just, yeah, no no place to duck, no place to really climb besides two steps. And um, yeah, no place. Yeah, it was just easy to walk around on that boat. mentioned on this boat that we have a lot of more outside living space on the catamaran and on the trawler was pretty cool like so we had a pretty skinny walkway like um i don't know how you would describe it but like walkway around the whole boat at like the main deck level and then we could climb up to the secondary level and there was like um i don't know like it was like an eight by eight section yeah we, probably eight by eight section of just like roof area
0: that was our space to work out from and kind of fish from too we'd stand up there and fish off of
1: yeah and then you could go up further to like the upper helm area and that was like a probably a similar size eight by eight space plus the helm in the, in front of that so that was pretty cool like if we're talking about differences to this boat because you are up high at a, a you know upper helm station and having that um point of view from the upper helm station is pretty neat
0: this boat on the other hand we have obviously no second level we have the top of our cabin and the top of our bimini which we use for our solar panels but besides that we just have the trampolines really and our big our cockpit's pretty big we have two long benches
1: everyone who comes on the boat also always comments on like the little back deck area we have
0: yeah, that's where our grill is, and where our dinghy sits. And when our dinghy's in the water, that's where we use—that's what we use for our workout platform.
1: And like to fillet fish and and conch and stuff like that. So that is a nice space back there. It's kind of like graded or slatted, so like we can just clean it off really easy with you know if we get fish guts on there or something like that. Um, but there is a lot of there is a lot of like flat level outdoor space on this boat. You know whether even if it's just lying around on the beanbag chairs. What about the helm area?
0: So on the trawler, we had two helm stations. One was inside and was completely protected. And then we also had the one on the upper bridge deck area that we just talked about, which was awesome when we were like cruising through the, bah- the Bahama Bank and all that area. But if it was rough, that area was definitely rollier than most.
1: Yeah, it was a little exaggerated up there. But it was also really nice up there to, um, to dock from. And just to steer, like, if it was decent weather, it was just beautiful up there. It was, like, a nice area to hang out and steer from.
0: Yep, and then on the Cat, we have, again, two helm stations, but they're just one starboard and one's port side of the boat. And... uh, you're pretty exposed on our boats a lot of other cats you have nice like eyes and, glass and protection back there but we're pretty exposed
1: we did build this harvard bimini soon after we got the boat to protect us from elements of you know from the sun and maybe a little rain from above but we still don't have the eyes and glass in front of that to protect us from rain from the front the two helm stations are at the same level though just on either side of the boat so we kind of swap back and forth based on how we need to look at the sails, or where we're docking from, or you know,
0: or what side the sails are on.
1: Yeah, stuff like that. On, on the cat, only one of our helm stations has the engine controls; the other one's just the wheel.
0: Yeah, and on the trawler you had and, and both.
1: The, yeah. And on the trawler, yeah, you had both. Yeah, and then on this boat, also the uh, the other helm station doesn't have a seat either, so it's really just you know a helm station if you're going to stand and helm from the starboard side of the boat.
0: Okay, let's talk about, weight. let's do weight because we got to do weight before speed, weight. Uh, never an issue on the trawler. No, is this
1: like how much the boat weighs or how much weight, like.
0: How we- much weight you can throw on there.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I wonder what the actual volume of the, the displacement of the boats are. Um, of, between the difference of displacement i'm not sure but this boat is significantly affected by how we load up the boat every pound we put on this boat it sinks the boat slightly deeper in the water adds wetted surface area and that's going to affect our speed um
0: we're on the trawler we could load that baby up and it wouldn't really have an impact
1: yeah especially because it was the speed was only limited by the single diesel engine that we had and it was a just a bigger displacement boat um and it was already pretty heavy so and it wasn't we're not going to get up to any planing speeds or anything like that you're strictly limited to hull speed on that boat whereas this can get up and going and up you know starting to plan off pretty easy at higher speeds
0: yeah so for us on the cad it actually kind of helped us like get rid of anything we didn't need because it did impact our Um, performance so if we don't use a tool or uh, a device or anything really in a couple months and we say okay we don't need it we'll either give it away get rid of it or donate it to someone yeah so that definitely helps us live a more simplistic life
1: and it was crazy when we remember when we sold the boat in Newport uh, the trawler in Newport we took everything off it and we were filling up like a u-haul or some truck like that and we were like how the heck do we have all this stuff on the boat like it was crazy what we could pack on there
0: but at the same time we use that u-haul to get from rhode island to new york but from new york to florida we fit everything in a minivan yeah so we, we really don't have that much stuff
1: no we we don't we had a ton of spares and hardware and just stuff on that boat but once we did that move like once we moved all the stuff off the trawler we realized how much stuff we have had and didn't use ever so we just like slimmed down from there and then even moving on this but we are we've slimmed down a lot and constantly slimmed down so basically yeah on the trawler like there were no weight restrictions um but on the cat the more you load up the slower you're gonna go for sure now modern cats aren't exaggerated with the weight because they their hulls have bigger volume so they can handle more weight without sinking deeper, much deeper into the water. And, um, and then that won't add too much extra surface, uh wetted surface under the water so it won't up to a certain point it won't slow them down too much now if you exceed what they're designed for then you're going to slow it down significantly with added weight
0: which we have definitely seen on cruising cats around here you'll see that their water line isn't even visible and they're kind of they look like they're sitting heavy in the water
1: yeah you can you can tell and then uh, this but the reason it matters so much because our hulls are so skinny and that's why every pound sinks them deeper and deeper into the water.
0: Since we're talking about what we can and can't have, which boat had more storage? Do you think?
1: Mm. I don't know. Good question.
0: I would say I this the boat, trawler. You think so? Uh,
1: we added some, we had like that big dock box on the trawler and then under the beds and the cabinets. Under
0: both berths, like in the B berth, cause it was V. But um, look how much steroids. storage we
1: have in here like both forward hulls have a ton of storage and then like everywhere i don't know i'd say it's pretty similar huh. but again this boat we try not to fill that storage up like sierra says like we go through drawers and cabinets and stuff all the time and if we haven't used things in there then we get rid of it you know
0: okay speed our max speed with our single diesel engine on the trawler was around seven knots yeah
1: that was like throttle down we would always cruise like around six knots we I think we would always plan at five and a half knots. And that was towing the Boston whaler or sixteen foot whaler we used as a tender and planning for five, five and a half knots was conservative and yeah, we usually average between five and a half and six knots. Without that whaler it probably would have been something like six to six and a half knots.
0: Yeah. But nothing higher than seven. Yeah. Not no, even possible.
1: And that wasn't burning too much fuel either. That was burning a little bit less than two gallons an hour of diesel. Now this boat
0: So with both diesel engines at like a normal throttle speed what would you what rpms would you say
1: probably like uh 2, 2200 2400 2200 we,
0: we can be between six and seven when the when the diesels are nice and yeah probably and good probably, order
1: i would say close similar to the same as a trawler around six knots i would say is a good easy thing because we would still estimate like if we were going all motors one day we'd still estimate at five to five and a half knots and we probably average six knots with both engines if they're working properly and we have the dinghy hoisted
0: but on the cat we also have sail so our max speed right now is 16.3 knots
1: yeah we easily go faster under sail with this boat so we try to almost always sail everywhere we go like And it only takes, how much wind, maybe? It only takes, like, 10 knots of wind to go just as fast as our engines. And then it's free. It's just by the wind. And then anything over that that 10 knots of wind, like we're already going faster than we would on the engines.
0: And then, obviously, we're sailing, so we can't go directly into the wind. So we have to tack, um, which equates to more miles. than if we were just flooring it through the waves or the wind or whatever but it's more comfortable if we're sailing
1: yeah generally yeah and you do see a lot of people down here in the caribbean just like kind of just motoring straight into it you know especially if it's only a few miles to where you need to go instead of raising the sails you kind of just motor into it but yeah we we do try to sail even if we have to tack into it um especially if we're going more than a few miles
0: yeah so we're looking for totally different conditions on these different boats so trawler we wanted no wind flat seas and just as calm as humanly possible Mm -hmm. where on the cat we're we still would prefer obviously calm conditions but we need wind in order to move
1: yeah i guess we're kind of getting to the next topic here is comfort underway so yeah you're right like we always on the trawler we always look for those flat glassy days to travel And on this boat, it's really hard to get flat days and still have decent wind to sail. Um, I guess going into the wind, you can sail at, you know, in 10 to 12 knots of wind, and it's still pretty flat and comfortable. And those are some of the best sailing days. And then downwind, like you always want a little more wind when you're going downwind. So there's always a bump with that, but it can be fun and exciting as well.
0: So, when we're not in preferred conditions, like on the trawler, like we mentioned before, if you're steering from up top... And even if you're down below, it can get super rolly. Yeah,
1: it was interesting on that trawler. Like, what would you say the beam was, 11 foot on the trawler? 12 feet. 12 feet? Yeah, 11 and change, I think, almost 12 foot. And and even, like, little knee-high waves, if it was right on the beam of that boat, it rolled pretty good.
0: But it was more comfortable going directly into wind and waves than this boat.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Because on the cat, like if we're going into it, we are, what do they call it? Hobby horsing?
1: Hobby horsing. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And
0: we're kind of getting air when we do that.
1: Yeah. At times. Yeah, for sure. A, a lot of people like, like we cruised all, all up and down the East coast of the U S and through the Bahamas with that trawler. We never really did. I mean, we did a lot of ocean coastal ocean stuff, but not never like open ocean or anything like that. I do read about a lot of people who are like cruising all the way down here with the trawler like in the Caribbean where you can get you can be much more exposed at times and they will like tack with the trawler still just to make it more comfortable. So they'll like they'll, you know, especially if it's on their beam, they'll kind of run with it a little bit, taking it on the quarter rather than uh, straight on their beam and then tack back into it, taking on their um, like off their bow, just off their bow or something.
0: Hmm. So yeah, at the end of the day, the cat is more stable. Obviously, you have two on our boat, we have two holes almost what 18 feet apart. So people although well,
1: the total beam on this boat is 20 foot.
0: Yeah, but the hole, like yeah. Um, so people will like do a catamaran test and they'll put like a glass of wine like on the table and say, look how stable it is. We could do that on a calm day. We definitely could not do that on a rough day. The couch would be covered in wine. Yeah, I mean,
1: but not from the heeling or rolling. It's just from the faster motions that this boat has. It's 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 quick. So that quick motion would knock that glass of wine down, right? Right? Mm-hmm. On a calm day, for sure, you can have that. Um, and then, talk, what about that anchor? Like, same thing. This is such a stable platform that at anchor it's just—you never heal, almost.
0: You yeah, know? it's it's funny to watch. Like, like in our anchorage right now, it's pretty. Uh, there's a little bit of swell out there, and we'll see Monhold, and they're kind of going back and forth and back and forth, and we're we're pretty dang stable, I have to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the trawler. I mean, if there was a roll and it was on the beam of that trawler, it would definitely roll. So I wonder, you know what, if we had were going to keep that trawler for a while, I definitely would have rigged, tried to rig some sort of birds. Like, you know the fishing trawlers? I'm sure you would have. They have these big birds that, like, they're on, like, big outriggers, and you can put them out to the side, and they're, like, these big stainless steel birds that will catch the water if it's trying to go up you know, or vice versa, and it would hold it more stable. And I know some trawlers have that, and then a lot of modern trawlers have, like, hydraulic, like, you know, all sorts of stuff, hydraulic stabilization. and.
0: But my favorite thing I've seen ever is, remember that little sailboat in Grenada, Spencer Reed? Yeah. And he had that little device hanging off his boom Yeah. that was stabilizing him? What would you call that?
1: Well, it's kind of like a bird. Boat Fam had those things. Yeah, they're, like, little, I don't know what you call them, but they they made it seem like those work as well. They're similar to birds, same concept.
0: Just looked a little bit more simple.
1: Yeah, not on big outriggers just using your boom and they didn't even use their, they didn't have a boom. They just hung them off the sides.
0: Okay, next topic, reliability, which I guess includes engines
1: so on our trawler we had a single diesel engine it was a ford layman 120 horsepower yeah 120 horsepower layman it was the original engine i think it was rebuilt before we bought the boat it ran really well for us um i mean at one point we had to we had transmission trouble and i rebuilt that thing like three times and i still couldn't figure out what was wrong with it ended up being the coupling that was just just uh and the turned to dust well that was afterwards a damper plate yeah and then that as well, and that's the thing with that boat. That's that's one of the main reasons we got out of that boat is because we wanted to go further, and we didn't want to be dependent on this old diesel engine. I mean, it was fine for the intercoastal and coastal cruising. Like we had the whaler to tow it if we ever had to get ourselves out of a situation that, you know, was close to somewhere, but
0: it's just risky going far with one engine.
1: Yeah, especially one old engine.
0: Yep. And then on this boat, we have two, and they are Yanmar, 13 horsepower. Billy just finished rebuilding one of them, and they're both, yeah, over 30 years old.
1: Yeah, yeah, same thing, just over 30 years old. and But that's the thing with this boat, and that's one of the main things we like about this boat, is it's got so much redundancy. So it's got two engines, so when our one engine did go bad, it ended up being a broken uh, ring and um, just gouges on the side of a cylinder wall and a broken piston skirt and a few things like that. But when that engine did go bad, we could still sail, and then we also had our other engine to, you know, to use an engine. And then we also had our dinghy engine. We did that when we were coming into St. Martin to, into the lo- lagoon to rebuild our other engine. We tied our dinghy up to the side of the boat, and see ever just powered the dinghy just so we had control on both sides of the boat. But yeah, just going back to what we mentioned before the redundancy of this boat is really nice
0: if we were to like know that we are staying on this boat for evers and ever and evers would you put in two brand new diesels or would you go outboards
1: i don't know i we've been thinking about this a lot like there's something to be said about outboards on a fast multi-haul catamaran um it, it, yeah there's pros and cons to everything i really like the idea of lifting the outboards out while you're sailing and it would just make you know just reduce the drag so much and then uh they are easy to replace easy to work on
0: they're cheaper obviously they're not known to last as long
1: yeah but then then you have the other side of the story um where you can't make hot water from an outboard you can't char- you don't have a, as much charging capacity from an outboard um you have to carry more gasoline versus diesel fuel so a bunch of things like that you can go back and forth but either way we would if we were keeping this boat for you know for more than five years i definitely would have repowered instead of rebuilding that engine whether it's outboards or Um, in boards. It would have been tough with outboards with this boat because we would have had to design and build a whole bracket system for them.
0: But I still like the idea of them, especially because you could get the same outboard on your dinghy and have just an extra set of parts if something were to go bad. You not only have two of the same engines on the cat, but the same engine on the dinghy where you can just grab parts from.
1: Definitely, definitely. And then, yeah, and then to wrap it up, I mean, this boat's a sailboat and you can always sail. You can always sail. So that's, you know, something nice about this boat for
0: sure. Yeah, but a lot of our trawlers specifically had one engine. A lot of trawlers have two. So we're just putting out the points that we had, but there are so many trawlers out there who have two engines, and they are. We see them. There's actually one in the anchorage right now, and they cruise all the way down here.
1: All right, next topic is docking. Finding a slip, getting into the slip. Cost of docking?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, like we just said, we had one engine on the trawler. We did not have a bow thruster. So, how was docking that?
1: Docking, and so you, when you'll have one engine, you always have prop walk, and that just means the way the engine spins, um, it especially in reverse it always is going to pull the stern to one direction on our trawler it was to starboard so if i was in reverse eventually it was always going to pull the stern to starboard and then yeah there was no bow thrust or anything like that so i always you never dock that boat i don't think right Mm I always had to keep in mind what was going to happen a few steps ahead because you could easily get stuck in the corner of a marina with the wrong the wind on the wrong side of your boat and just get stuck there's no way out of it even you know adjusting for prop walk and stuff you know you can just get stuck and there's no way out of it but if you keep things in mind like that and you think a few steps ahead you can prevent getting stuck in those situations so honestly I don't think we've ever had a bad scenario docking that boat i mean mm. granted we always anchor pretty much
0: yeah but i feel like i remember a time or two where we were a little on edge
1: yeah but i don't think we've ever gotten to a real rough situation at no all.
0: but we definitely knew like i remember when we would be up outside your dad's house in um the great south bay we would not specifically go get fuel or water on certain days if the wind was blowing in a certain direction. We would just say, no way.
1: I don't remember that.
0: I do, very clearly.
1: Because cause I could have pulled up from either side of the dock because it was a big face dock. I don't know. Maybe it just was easier not to, on those windy days. But yeah, if you're, like, if you're someone thinking about a trawler and you're going to be at marinas all the time, then I would definitely consider, like twin engines or and or about thruster because like we were always on anchor and it's so much easier just to get on anchor like on a single engine and get off anchor it doesn't really matter you don't need great maneuverability but if you have to get into a dock slip no matter what the conditions then you need good maneuverability
0: yeah so on this boat, we do have two engines, and when they're both working, you can spin it pretty much like on a dime.
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's incredible having two these two engines, and they're so far apart from each other. Yeah, I could spin this boat within its own footprint. It's, you know, it's 40 foot long. I could stay within a 40 foot diameter and turn the boat.
0: Okay, let's say well, it, the trawler, the same wind, the trawler was here, the cat was here, and uh, the engines were just at, like at idle wind catches it which one's going to be more impacted
1: oh the this boat for sure it's got the whole. it's got much more windage and it's way lighter and it's got much less underwater wetted surface area like we were talking about before so like especially the bow on this boat like if the wind catches the bow it's going to throw the bow over but you know with the engines working and on and everything it's so it's easy to counter that i mean you could still spin it into the wind
0: so for the past six months our starboard engine was not working and we were like we said going on one engine and that was not easy
1: yeah that was another going back to that scenario like with the trawler i always had to keep in mind a few steps ahead because if the wind caught so it was our port engine that was working and if our wind caught us on our port side and it was like more than like 12 to 14 knots then
0: no if it was more than 10 knots more than 10 knots maybe
1: it would yeah it you couldn't really counter that like steering into that wind with just the rudders because you get some forward momentum with the engine but it was always the engines also pushing the port side forward and you couldn't counter that with the rudders i don't know if that makes sense
0: and like we said we don't uh dock a lot but right now in the caribbean it's pretty popular it's like the popular season right now there's a lot of boats down here and anchorages are packed so getting in and out of anchorages with only one engine was a little sketchy
1: yeah yeah that was definitely just took some forethought you know making sure we don't get ourselves into a bad situation
0: other things to consider trawler versus catamaran docking is um a slip a slip out of marina you can pretty much always find a slip big enough for a 11 12 foot beam yeah not the case with the 24 20 foot beam
1: yeah for sure yeah they're definitely more limited i mean again we it's hard for us to give too much experience on this because we don't dock a lot um but when we when we have needed to find a slip for this boat we have found one right What'd and you say? Th-
0: normally because they put us on like the f- the t or the finger dock
1: yeah of t or face dock not face finger dock. dock yeah face dock and that's so easy and like it doesn't matter the beam on a big face dock or a T dock you know the head of a t dock yeah so finding a slip can be tricky but we've never had a problem
0: yep and then another thing is that some marinas charge more for a catamaran versus a single hold the boat
1: yeah yeah and we've had that experience i don't i don't know if we've ever seen like double the price but we've probably seen like 50 percent more
0: like generally like 25 to 50 cents per foot per day more
1: yeah definitely probably more expensive i heard in the med that it's much more expensive and that slips are much more limited with you know wide multi-holes
0: um what's next fuel take it away
1: so our like i said before our trawler got just under two gallons per hour for that big engine you know going at five and a half six knots um this boat actually gets around the same you know just under two gallons an hour with both engines on running at six to six and a half knots so is
0: that per engine or per both engines
1: per both engines so like just (coughs) under one gallon per sorry jd's barking just under one gallon per hour per engine with this boat so yeah it honestly takes around the same amount of fuel with it is it's kind of crazy that i think just because these engines are so old and they just kind of don't conserve on fuel maybe i don't know why why these take more for only 26 horsepower
0: yeah but obviously because we are sailing the majority of the time we save a lot more money on fuel on the catamaran
1: yeah for sure yeah we sail 90 percent of the time so, so we just did our cost analysis for 2019, and we compared that to the cost for the trawler. Where did we line up with fuel expense?
0: It was about $1,000 to 2000 more on the trawler than on the cap.
1: Because I remember we came down the U.S. coast, and on the trawler, each run up and down the coast would be like between $1,000 and $1,200 in fuel. And we did it with a hundred dollars in fuel on this boat when we came down last. So that kind of gives you an example of, you know, the difference.
0: Okay, maintenance. So Billy mentioned redundancy before, and that was a good thing. But now when we come to maintenance, you have more maintenance.
1: Yeah, twice, <laughs> twice the engines to maintain, twice the, you know, two hulls to clean, two holes to sand, two holes to paint, um, two props, we have, um, Max prop, easy props, and you have to grease them once in a while and clean them, you know, every so often. So, yeah, just, you know, more maintenance on this boat for sure. That boat was easy. It was just one, you know, engine to maintain and just your normal systems, and that's it. Um, on top of that, I mean, all our sailing gear we have to maintain. Uh, it was just tightening the force day before. We got to, you know, tension our rig once in a while. I mean, we haven't tensioned it in over a year now, but.
0: And um, sails, sails are expensive.
1: They'll last you 10 years if you take care of them, right? Even good sails, I mean, maybe not laminated sails, but we have good cruising sails. Or I think they're impregnated with some sort of resin to help keep, hold the shape. Um, So if we take care of them, they'll last us 10 years. But if we rip them, yeah, that goes into maintenance and that can be real expensive to repair how is our maintenance on this boat because we did a lot we spent a lot more on upgrades and uh, replacements and stuff on this boat than we did on the trawler um but that's because of the big systems on this boat that aren't on the trawler like sails and rigging and we got a water maker on this boat as well but besides those things i mean the cost of maintenance is pretty similar except getting hauled out that's a little more money similar to how it is with docking
0: i i can't think of the numbers off the top of my head of the trawler maintenance versus the cat maintenance, but it's definitely more on this boat.
1: Yeah, well, but the maintenance alone or the upgrades? Both. I, I think the maintenance isn't that much more except maybe when we get hauled.
0: But it's it's different too because we bought the boats in different states. Like this boat needed more work than that boat. So the maintenance that comes along with older systems and all this stuff, like yeah, this boat is newer, but a lot of the systems needed maintaining.
1: What's your point?
0: That you're saying that this boat is just as equal. I don't agree. In maintenance cost, I'd say this boat... Like routine maintenance, I would say is two to three times more. How come? Just everything.
1: So Sierra and I just have a, conversation, a disagreement on what the maintenance uh, costs more on, but she brings things up like, you know, we replaced our one of our heads in this boat. We replaced our holding tanks in this boat. We replaced our water tanks in this boat, and that's kind of a gray area between is upgrades it an upgrade and maintenance. Or is it a maintenance? Because, yeah, after, you know, they were 30-year-old holding tanks, and after that time, you do have to replace them to keep living on this boat. And then your sanitation hoses and everything like that, you, you know, you'll have to replace much sooner than that, but we did it with those tanks as well. So I mean, honestly, I think like the normal maintenance and if you divide most of that type of stuff out by the number of years it'll last. I think it's pretty similar to the trawler except for the fact of getting hauled and you know, the cost of that. Even bottom paint, for example, right?
0: But let's say engine maintenance. Now you're taking that cost, but you're doubling it because you're maintaining two engines.
1: Yeah, but what, what do you have to pay for an engine maintenance it's an oil filter a fuel filter and oil and it's much less oil and the oil filter and fuel filters are smaller and that price is kind of not too significant anyway
0: i don't know agree to disagree i do more of the money stuff on our end and i say it's more expensive yeah but you're
1: also looking at that big picture stuff like the stuff that we that was done on our trawler before we got it and wasn't we did it on this boat when we got it remember because the water tank on the trawler was replaced before we got it and stuff like that and we were also more frugal back then too because we had to be
0: i mean we still have to be
1: we still have to be but more so then not so much now because we know this boat has more of a potential this boat has more potential on resale so we can kind of bring it back up to its potential and invest more in it anyway I think that maintenance will cost more based you know just for the size of the boat and being hauled out and stuff like that but most other things are maybe just slightly more sierra disagrees with me
0: yeah so anyways let's go on to the price the price of a trawler versus the price of a catamaran let's say if it's the exact same length
1: exact same length exact same year yeah Yeah, i don't know i don't know about modern boats i don't know what modern trawlers go for i could say like let's talk like 20 year old boats because we're more familiar
0: i would still say a catamaran is a more expensive boat than a trawler because you are technically getting two boats
1: kind of yeah yeah i i'll agree with you on that one um say for example these 20, 20 to 30 year old boats like these older grand banks or marine trader trawlers that are ready to go really looking good now you can compare that to some of these old outre or Pajos. fontaine
0: Fontaine pageaux yeah leopards older
1: leopards and and those yeah i mean for the same size for 40 foot of each of those that leopard's going to be you know couple hundred grand versus you know 40 grand for that 50 grand for that trawler
0: yeah so let's say M- a maybe a little
1: more than that maybe 50 to 80 grand for that 40 foot really nice 20 year old trawler
0: what year was mark and kitty's boat
1: it was probably around the same time as ours maybe it was, at the time it was maybe around 30 years old and they were selling it for what forty five thousand or something
0: yeah and like for example ours like we got ours evaluated not too long ago and it's this boat yes this
1: catamaran yeah, yeah
0: so an '88 brought back to good condition was evaluated at over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Versus an uh, '80s trawler, I would say is well under a hundred thousand.
1: Yeah, for this length, yeah, well under. Yeah, probably more like fifty grand.
0: Yeah. So we sold our trawler, the '73, a 34 foot, for twenty thousand dollars and that was not mint finish, but it was definitely ready to live in.
1: Yeah, it was working. And yeah, some things like when the surveyor looked at it, you know, there are some things that needed to be um, fixed or changed. And it also was only 34 foot compared to 40 foot or whatever, 38 foot, whatever size you want to call this boat. so, yeah, but, yeah, significantly less, at least half the price for a trawler.
0: But there wasn't any rotted wood, really. There was, the windows had been replaced. Like, a lot of the big, like, eye-catching things on trawlers were already taken care of.
1: Yeah, like, the big thing, yeah, the things to look at for. You know, the engine worked, which was, yeah, a big one. So, definitely more expensive than a cat. You can get cheaper cats. Like, you can get you know i i feel like i offend people maybe sometimes when i say stuff like this but like you know like a gemini is not really a performance cat it's not really like you can you can sail an ocean with it you can probably cross an ocean with it i'm sure but it's not like
0: that's not what it was made to do
1: yeah i don't know if that's what it wasn't made to be a blue water cat um and we've had a few people who have sailed on those boats who say you know something similar but it can be like a great coastal or intracoastal style traveler or
0: know? just a general liveaboard if you're going to anchor or live in a marina like that's totally fine
1: and in that case you can find those you know you can find gemini's for 40 50 grand um, probably like everything working and, and,
0: and newer too.
1: Yeah. A little bit newer. So that is comparable, but you're not going to find like a, you know, a 20, 30 year old Outremer or Fontaine Pajot in ready to go like decent shape for
0: anything. Even like around 150 is like, that's a good deal.
1: Yeah. Like if it's less than that, things are going to be not working or broken or need to be replaced, you know, stuff like that, or it's going to be really old.
0: Do you have any other topics you wanted to
1: bring up? No other topics, but I think we should just wrap it up because we get this question asked all the time, what should I get? A trawler or a catamaran? And I always tell everybody that asks that question, if like if you have a deep desire to sail, definitely consider a catamaran. If you don't have a deep desire to sail, you're just thinking about it for like the stability and you know maybe saving money because you're sailing do not get a catamaran a a sailing catamaran at least like and I mean you should want to sail because we we see a lot that people like will just get a catamaran for that reason because they're kind of popular and because they're steady you know stable and they have two engines like all the positives about a catamaran but they don't have a deep desire to sail and they do just motor everywhere and I think that you would just be paying a lot more and have a lot more systems to maintain on your boat than you need if you're just gonna motor anywhere like you don't need a whole sailing rig if you're just gonna motor everywhere do you agree
0: And there's the trawler, there's motorcats, there's monohulls. Like there's so many other different types of boats. Like you're not obviously just limited to these two, but these are the two that we get the most questions about.
1: Yeah, and I would say there's something to be said that contradicts that a little for like a monohull sailboat. Because monohulls you can find, they're a dime a dozen, you can find a good monohull for not that much money. And if you're just on a budget and that's what you come across, and you don't necessarily have a deep desire to sail like that, I would say that that still is not a bad option, right? Because it could be so cheap for what you get. Yeah,
0: true.
1: But yeah, I would definitely, if you don't have a deep desire to sail, I would definitely look at um, trawlers and even motorcats if your budget allows. They're going to be a lot more expensive, but if we ever got back into the motorboat and our budget allowed, I think we'd look for a nice motorcat possibly or consider it at least
0: or a Nordhaven.
1: Yeah, those Nordhaven (laughs) are cool. Sierra was just on Mermaid Monster's Nordhaven. She really liked it.
0: One day, one day.
1: Um, Do you have anything to add to that? What do do you tell people when they ask us what they should get, a trawler or a catamaran? Or what do we prefer?
0: Um, I would say we are forever cat people now, while we still have the ability to raise the sails, no problem, move around the boat. Like, as you get older, (laughs)
1: he's <laughs> freaking out the pelicans I think they were die oh no it's that guy it's a guy in a electric foil board should I ask him if I can try?
0: Tom you think you're good let me show you how good my dog is
1: so what do you tell people when they ask what we prefer or what they should get you know a trawler or a catamaran?
0: Well, I would say we are forever cat people now, just because we do like the stability. We like the outdoor living space and just everything that we want to do. But yeah, like you said, if they want to sail, get a sailboat, if they don't, get a motorboat.
1: And we, yeah, we love our catamaran. We, I think, like Sierra said, we'll always be on a catamaran, um, even as we get older. And then hopefully we just stay in good enough shape to be able to sail a catamaran while, while we're older. i'm not getting old are you no way jose um and there are like out of all the catamarans there are this boat is kind of takes a lot to sail you know it's not you can't manage everything from the cockpit you have to go up forward you have to do a lot to tack like to adjust the backstays adjust the sheets and
0: everything takes i would say more strength than a newer or a newer boat yeah it takes a lot of strength to raise the mainsail
1: yeah yeah yeah. Awesome, you guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast, and I don't know what you do with the podcast. Can, can They leave, They can't leave a comment. You can leave a review if you want.
0: If you have any questions or any topics you want us to cover, you could always email us at Summer at gmail.com. And if you wanted to go back and see what it was like for us to live on a trawler or currently living on a cat, go check out our YouTube channel, Tula's on the Summer.
1: Yeah, and thanks again to the Tula Shop for sponsoring this episode. Head on over to tulasendlesssummer.com and check out the Tula Shop. We have some cool merchandise in there, just some whatever floats your boat T-shirts and um, some other T-shirts, adrenaline junkie, and uh, really nice uh, waffle knit beanies that just came out this, this winter. So those will probably be sold out soon. Yeah, stickers, really cool stickers, actually.
0: Yep and that's about it folks thanks so much for listening
1: we'll catch you later
0: bye